It's a Theater Thing. We're so thrilled to be back here on the Onstage Blog Network. And this is Tracy Danoff, and I am joined by Aaron Carl once again. Hi, Aaron. Well, hello there. (laughs) And today we're going to have a couple topics that we're going to be talking about. We're going to start out actually with my recent trip to New York. Now, um, I'm not I really. I am so f- jealous, face by the way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know, and I would just want to go back. You know, I I'm ready to already. You know, I've only been home for a day, and I want to go back. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm. I saw three shows while I was in New York, and I was telling Aaron earlier. I'm. I feel like I should call this episode the good, the bad, and what the hell was that? <laughs> so, so actually, I think I'm going to start with the what the hell was that? <laughs> oh, please. Yes, let's let's get this going. Yes. And that would actually be the last show that I saw that over the weekend, which was Merrily We Roll Along. Now, full disclosure, Merrily We Roll Along is my favorite Sondheim. And mm-hmm. I had been warned <laughs> uh, that this production, which is uh, produced by uh, Roundabout Theater Company, was a little different. And boy, they were right. It was a little different. I have mixed feelings about it because that score is so terrific. And some of the performances were quite good. But... Some of the the uh, selections or some of the choices that the director made kind of baffled me a little bit. For one thing, I really feel like it needed a bigger cast. We needed a few of those extra bodies in there, especially during the party scene. If you've seen the show, you know what I'm talking about. Um, okay. Also, some of the transitions were quite odd. <laughs> and I don't want to give too much away. Uh, the show is running for another week. It did get extended. But it just, I don't know, it just didn't work for me. The pacing was off. This, for me, it's usually a fast-running uh, show. This show really just sort of plotted along or this production I should say uh, really just sort of plotted along and it it felt much longer than it should have but you know (laughs) you can't get away from that great score I mean the score is fabulous and at least I was able to enjoy that (laughs) so it 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 had the saving grace of the music it just wasn't put on in a proper manner yeah, I mean, it really, it really wasn't. It just felt, you know, I hate to say this, but it felt sloppy. And oh, it, no. it felt like, let me try, you know, like, let me try and do something new with this piece. But they didn't quite get it right. So that was, that was a little sad for me. I also don't <laughs> know that it was really cast that well. I have to say my favorite person in the cast, and and I love that this was non-traditional casting, and excuse me if I mangle this name, but it is um, Manu Narayan, who played Charlie. He was fabulous. He really, for me, yeah, I mean, for, for me, he was the standout in this production. 
That's good. Yeah. yeah. And and I thought that Jesse Austrian as Mary was quite good. That's pretty much where my good feelings end <laughs> in regard to the casting. And and, and then I, we ran into some problems. Yeah, and I hate to say that because I know everyone works so hard. And for instance, Ben Steinfeld as Frank, he, he it wasn't that he was bad, he was just miscast. Exactly. The super talented but just not the right fit. And that goes in theater all the time that happens. Right, right. So it was, you know, it was a little disappointing for me. Uh, The cool thing was I was with my husband, who is not exactly a theater expert, but he does enjoy sort of analyzing it. He is a musician, but um, he Mm -hmm. is more into like contemporary rock type of music. Um, And he was really fascinated by the story itself and how it was constructed. But he pretty much agreed with me that it felt long. (laughs) So it didn't didn't exactly work for him. Gotcha. Yeah. The the transitions and the pacing can can alter a show so much. Right. If they're not right on, it can make it go horribly wrong. Right. So it just didn't work for me. Sorry. That was one of my theater dogs, if you could hear that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Apologize. So that was kind of the what the hell was that? Because I, I walked out of there thinking... I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was just sort of weird, you know. Now, my, there you go. Yes. Now, my bad, and, and I'm so sorry to those of you who love this show. Bracing myself. <laughs> Be more chill. Oh. First of all, I don't understand, and and maybe it's an age thing. It, pro- you know, I'm I'm willing to own that if it's just that I'm too old for that type of show. I just think, first of all, you're taking a poor story and you're adding music that I felt was, I mean, if you take the score as a whole, was uneven at best. I don't think that the level of writing is up to the standards of a Broadway show, although that isn't the first time <laughs> that 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 mediocre writing has hit Broadway. Um, yeah. this <laughs> um, is true. I do think it had some enjoyable moments. I mean, I didn't I didn't sit there and think, oh, this is, you know, I'm miserable and I hate every minute of this. No, I didn't feel that way at all. And there were parts where I, you know, laughed a little bit. I enjoyed some of the performances i did enjoy a couple of the songs but for me i it just didn't work and and again i was with my husband who just kind of looked at me and was like what was that (laughs) (laughs) i i have heard that about be more chill it's if you liked the book if you like joe iconis music in general this is your show Mm-hmm. And a lot of the fans are kind of coming to its defense saying, oh, it's not supposed to be this serious theatrical piece. It's supposed to be just this charming, funny, you know, thing for the younger theater crowd. Sure. And if if that's the case, that's awesome. But financially, I don't think that's going to be 
sustainable. No. Part of the reason I got tickets for this show was because it was such a huge sellout off-Broadway, and I didn't want to miss out. I thought, you know, this might be something that I am... that I would enjoy. And I figured mm-hmm. that if, if, you know, all those people can't be wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and not to say what, you know, as I said before, I mean, it wasn't all bad. I, I think that there are some really nice moments. And I do think that there are a couple songs that are really enjoyable, but I just found that as a whole, this was really not a great show. And and I do wonder how long it's going to hang around because I did notice that this was not a full house. I expected oh. it to be. Yes. Mm-hmm. I expected it to be, but no, it was not a full house. I have to say, I thought, you know, everyone is talking about George Salazar in the show and he deserves the press. He's great. He's a terrific Michael. And You know, everyone knows the song, or at least if you're familiar with the show, everyone knows the song, Michael in the Bathroom. And my husband pointed something out to me that that I really agree with. It's not so much that this is a great song. It's the way it's being performed. Agreed, yeah. Yeah. And and I do agree with him, too. I, I think that the song also has nice moments, but really to see George Salazar perform it is really something to see. I mean, if you get a chance, there's lots of videos out on YouTube. Check it out because he really is wonderful. And it wouldn't surprise me if he got a nomination. Kind of like Anthony Rapp singing Halloween from Rent. Mm -hmm. It was written for him. It was special. Mm -hmm. And really, I think, uh, I'm sorry, Stephanie Hugh or Sue, I think it's pronounced Sue, Stephanie Sue Mm -hmm. as Christine. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. was adorable. I loved her. I mean, to be honest, when she came on stage, that just sort of lifted my heart. She was really energetic. Her character is very quirky, but she makes the most of it. It's just, she's so much fun and so enjoyable, but you also see the heart underneath the kind of quirky girl, the quirky theater girl. Um, Will Rowland, who I loved from Dear Evan Hansen, I yes. really felt it took him some time to ramp it up in the show. First few minutes, I was kind of like, oh, you know, less less than dynamic here. By the end, I was rooting for him, but mm-hmm. I didn't find him, his performance super strong. But okay. finally, I have to say, one of my favorites in this was Jason Tam as a squip. I thought he gave such a great performance. He's so good. And really, again, talking about someone being dynamic, that's Jason Tam. I mean, he just does a fabulous job. And I really, really hope that this, you know, helps him to get other roles on Broadway. Because, I mean, I know he's been around for a while, but I just don't think we see him enough. Agreed, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And finally, I do have to give a shout out to Lauren Marcus. I thought she was really fun, too. I thought she did a great job. I saw her in the Jonathan Larson project, mm-hmm. along with George. And oh, my God. Yeah, so funny. And I'm like, where has she been all my life? Like, what's <laughs> going on here? This is hilarious. Like, she is a theater star. Yeah, she's she's really good in this. 
and I do think for the most part, everybody in it does the best they can with the material that they have. Sorry, Joe O'Connor. I will say this, and I've uh, expressed this online as well. Even though I didn't love this show, I will support this show because I feel like it's bringing a lot of younger people to the theater. And I am always in favor of anything that's going to bring young people to the theater. I mean, my very first show when I was like eight years old was Annie. And that began a lifelong love affair with the theater. And I feel like if we don't have those experiences for the new generation, the art form is going to die out. So if, mm-hmm. if you know, all the teens and 20-somethings are loving Be More Chill, then more power to them. Just not my cup of tea. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's art. It's subjective. There are going to pe- be people who love it. And so, yeah, but like you said, again, still support that style, even if it's not your cup of tea, because you're exactly right. It's bringing a whole new generation. I mean, at Broadway Con, how many people did we see in the creeps shirts and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of squibbed out with mm-hmm. different, you know, Jason Tam wannabe robes and whatnot. So it's the fans are out there. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. They are. And I mean, even though it wasn't a full house, you could hear the enthusiasm in the crowd. Um, Mm -hmm. The interesting thing was because I had been told by a couple people that, you know, that the crowd skewed really young. So I thought, oh, you know, we're going to be the old people in there. It that really wasn't the case when I went. It was a good mix of people. So that was also nice to see. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to be open to other things, even if you think it's not going to be for you. Uh, I mm-hmm. think it's good to check these things out. In fact, yeah. that that's how I became obsessed with Come From Away. <laughs> because I was like, what is this about? What's going on over here? Right. Well, you know, I had been told about it. I thought, oh, that is the last thing I want to see. And then um, my niece really wanted to go. And I thought, okay, for her, I will go. And as it turned out, she couldn't go because she had a school commitment. But so I went by myself and I was blown away. So you never know. You never know what hidden gems are out there. True, true. Um, yeah. So now for the good. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and I and I shouldn't just say good. I should say awesome. And Ooh. even though it hasn't officially opened yet, I'm still going to talk about this show, which is Hades Town. <gasps> oh, it's so good, guys! Oh my gosh, so good! If you can get yourself a ticket. Go. <laughs> Just go. Don't even think about it. Just go. It's... Is it bad that as soon as you posted a picture of your playbill, I started looking up flights to New York? No. <laughs> In fact, I think that it is perfectly acceptable. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how much I loved this show. I had known, I had not seen it off Broadway. Uh, I had listened to the live recording that they did for the off Broadway production and I fell in love with it. Uh, it's definitely like on constant rotation with six right now when I go to the gym. So <laughs> it's, nice. it's those two. And 
I wasn't, you know, <coughs> sometimes you listen to a show before you see it, and it's a little bit of a letdown when you actually see it. And mm-hmm. in this case, it was not at all. It was amazing. Reeve Carney, who knew? I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I saw him in Spider-Man and didn't think much about him, to be honest. I thought, oh, okay. Well, all he needed was the right vehicle. And let me tell you, this is the right vehicle for him. He is stunning. I mean, I can't, there's no other word for it. He's stunning. Yeah. Andre DeShields, first of all, I love him anyway. I, I just mm-hmm. respect the heck out of him. He's so smooth in this production, just so suave and, and appealing. And you just can't help but love him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amber oh, yeah. Gray as Persephone is amazing. And in some ways, kind of reminds me, like she kind of gives off a little Billie Holiday vibe, I feel like. Um, yeah. And Patrick Page, oh my gosh. I mean, if you've been hearing the buzz, it's all deserved. He's Ugh. just outstanding. And yeah. honestly... He needs to be nominated. He needs to win. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he just does. You're already engraving the Tony just to, I, to straight I, straight to his dressing room. I am. I am. And you know what? I will be happy to show up at the Tony Awards to hand it to him. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem with that. You know, I'm not booked. <laughs> it's okay. <Yeah. laughs> Eva Noblezada, who I know, you know, she's, People love her, and I thought she was very good. I'm still trying to figure out if it was her or the character I had an issue with. I do think that she did a great job. I didn't feel she was as strong as everyone else. But that being said, she was pretty darn strong. So, (laughs) you know, I mean... She, you know, she may not be at the highest rung of the ladder, but she's pretty far up there. And... The show itself, it's so well written. The music is so infectious. I, you know, I can't say enough about mm-hmm. it. Rachel Chavkin, um, who directed the show, did a fabulous job. I mean, everything works about this show. Just the choreography, the score, the whole look of the piece. It's just fabulous. And I'm telling you guys, Run, don't walk to get your ticket. I I am going to have to because I've been in love with every single little promotional picture, all the uh, B-roll sizzle reels that they've released of little clips of different songs. Those those are like all I can get, you know, living in mm-hmm. St. Louis, I, you know, until I can actually fly out and see the show. And I'm already in love also. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... It's so good. And, and I can understand because I was already in love with it before I walked through the door. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I know I'm going to love this. Um, and just a little side note. Oh, Mr. Uh, Zachary Levi was sitting two rows in front of me when I saw the show. Oh, and he purdy. He, he real purdy. Yes, he is. <laughs> and, and apparently still. How should I say? Still working out for his role as Shazam. 
<laughs> we'll put it that way. Love it. Love it. <laughs> um, and I was kind of watching his reaction after the show ended, and you could see he just enjoyed the heck out of it. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was great to see everyone in that theater just hop to their feet screaming and and clapping and it, it it was it's one of those shows where the the audience just gets so drawn in and they're so enthusiastic at the end mm-hmm. um i will also tell you if you can find some merch online let me know cuz i haven't been able to find any you could not get near the merch table. They had a line down the hall to get to the merch table. And it was so long that I was afraid I wouldn't make it back to my seat in time. So I never tried. So, yes. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping at some point Playbill, maybe after they officially open, Playbill will start carrying their merch. Um, Otherwise, I'm just going to have to go see the show again. And that would be awful. I know. Twist your arm on that one. <laughs> but that that is an amazing sign of a show because if it's not even open yet, they probably don't even have the full spectrum of merchandise. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it generally takes a month or two for like posters or the souvenir programs, anything with like pictures like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then they don't have a cast album yet. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, I haven't heard, have, have they officially said they're getting a cast album? I thought I heard that they were going to be doing a cast album, yeah. Okay. So um, We'll just I'm, have to wait on, like, the date and everything. Yeah. But I am looking forward to that. I was just going to say, because you said it was just the live recording from the West End production, right? Uh, no, it's actually the live recording from the Off-Broadway production. Oh, the okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So, and that one, you may or may not recognize his voice, um, features Chris Sullivan in uh, the role as Hermes. And if you're not familiar with Chris Sullivan or you're not familiar with the name, he is Toby on This Is Us. <gasps> yeah. I have, I have seen him in a few theater things. And then when he went on This Is Us, it was like, wait a minute, is that the same guy? Because they did so many... <laughs> prosthetics and everything mm-hmm. for his first uh, they flash forwarding and flashbacks and everything they had to play around and then he gained weight lost weight all that kind of stuff but i was like wait a minute yeah. so yeah that is that is awesome yeah there was actually a rumor running around online i guess um chris sullivan has been showing up at the theater as an audience member to see the show and he's done it several times and I told my husband, if we see him at the theater, all bets are off. I'm, I'm running. I'm up. <laughs> I have to. I have to go hug Toby. I'm sorry. I do. I do. He's just very huggable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, unfortunately, we did not see him. <laughs> Foiled yet again. I know. I know. The, Another reason to go. Um. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Got to check in, see if see if uh, Chris is back. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So I I'm really excited about this show for many reasons. For one thing, because it's so unique, it's such mm-hmm. an original piece. The other reason, well, my second reason is because. You, you're seeing people who we've seen on Broadway stages before 
doing something different. Like I love seeing Patrick Page as Hades. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's he's such a talented person, and he deserves all the attention he's getting for this production. Yeah. And Andre De Shields, I mean. What can you say? I mean, he's been around forever, and he deserves every accolade he gets. So it, that's exciting. And finally, what's so interesting to me, and what leads us into the next topic of conversation, is the whole vibe of this show, the political implications of the show. Considering yes. where we are now in our country, there's, you know, a feeling of... I put it in the in the right way. You you leave that show feeling like okay, there's something more to life than working and money, and you have to and 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 the things we need to embrace are love and acceptance and understanding. And this show really hits home for me. You know, as far as what we're going through with the immigration situation right now, there's a song about building a wall, which which was actually written before Trump became president. But, yes. but it really, really hits home. And I just I just urge everyone to see it because it's so great on so many different levels. It's there's so many layers to to peel back in this show it would probably take all day to talk about but you know it's not just an entertaining show it's something you can think about and you'll think about it for several days after awesome yeah it it seems like this will be a point of many 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 conversations in in the years to come because this show doesn't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon no, no. I, I d- judging from the crowd at the theater, no. <laughs> it's not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> Excellent. So, you know, in talking about what's been going on in in the world, you know, the the Broadway community, theater community, you know, we we tend to skew a bit more liberal at times, but what I wasn't aware of until um, Aaron brought this to my attention is there is a conservative theater festival coming up. Is that correct? Uh, they have an entire new season coming up. There's this company called Stage Right Theatrics, and it is out of Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. Um, and their big thing, their motto is, Disagreement does not equal hate. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because and I hear this a lot from um, from what I would like to call true conservatives, because mm-hmm. I think there's a divide that when you hear the name liberal or you hear the name conservative, you immediately, oh my god, they hate this. Oh my god, they hate this. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily the case, but I also do think the name conservative has been co-opted by a lot of hate groups. And I think the same thing can be said for liberals. I think that, you know, the extremes have taken over the labels when 90% of the people are very more centric on that. But yes, so their website is conservativefestivaloh.com. 
and they just have all sorts of information. You can skim some of their uh, past performances. Uh, uh, what's coming up next for them is I have heard about this, and it's happening May 10th and 11th and 12th uh, for a three-day run there at the Van Fleet Theater, and it's called the uh, Stonewall Jackson's House. Yes, and, I read something about this. <laughs> yes, um, com posted a little story about this uh, festival. I believe it originated on abc.com, but it was a Vice Media little clip that uh-huh. that they actually went in and started interviewing this company. Um, uh, and they just started talking about that. And Broadway World mentioned this Stonewall Jackson's house where this person who is a docent at the museum apparently says she wants to go home with these people and be their slave. I read about this show and to be honest, all I could think of is that's very problematic. (laughs) Very problematic. And that's, and it's, it's very important when you're kind of skewing and putting a lens, a specific lens on the show, that it doesn't just become about that lens. Mm-hmm. Like, it's important to get perspectives out there. And that is what theater is about. It's a mirror to society. Sure. It's showing everyday problems and how we can fix them, how we deal with them how they affect more than what we can see. And that is what theater is supposed to do for the audience. Mm-hmm. And in turn, the actors and the people that put the production on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when you kind of have topics like the, the specific show that Vice was doing interviews about, it was their cons- um, festival of last year. And, one of the shows was about a man who had a one night stand and now he's haunted by the ghost of the aborted fetus. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then there was another show about gun rights and how, how they're good and everything. And Mm -hmm. if you, if you want to, that's fine. I mean, that's also maybe why they only had 15 audience members at that production goodness right so it's yeah it's i know at broadway con last year they actually had a panel and it was you know conservative values in theater you know and it was advertised as just like an open forum where you know if you were conservative and you just wanted maybe to share ideas or specific shows that your company had had performed uh, that would be a place to talk about it. And, you know, if you had questions, if maybe you were leaning more liberal and you just wanted to have an open discussion, they were welcoming of that. Mm-hmm. It went up against first look. So I don't oh. know how many people actually went yeah. to any of those panels that were up against first look, but it definitely, I see the need to have an open discussion about this, mm-hmm. but it seems like I was talking about earlier that, when it gets co-opted by the extremes claiming that label, it, it's not 
good, and I think that's where we're at with with right theatrics, mm-hmm. stage right theatrics. And and for those who aren't familiar with BroadwayCon, we'll be talking about BroadwayCon a little later. First Look is a presentation that BroadwayCon does every year that basically gives you a first look at the new season. So uh, mm-hmm. usually different songs are performed by the newest Broadway productions that will be coming up. So it's very popular. And I think anything would have a tough time competing against that at that time slot. But, this is true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But as I said before, I mean, the, the Broadway community, fans and um, professionals alike, not to say there aren't any conservatives. Of course they are. There are, but, um, but I, but they do skew left. And mm-hmm. so it would have been interesting to see what the turnout for that particular particular session would have been that's yeah i'm gonna have to i kind of want to go through my program and see who the panelists were and then Mm -hmm. like maybe contact them and be like hey right (laughs) what's up with that what what happened right (laughs) it's it's a really hard thing because i think i think that there needs to be better understanding on both sides you know i as I was telling a friend actually earlier today, just because someone is conservative doesn't mean they believe in every single thing that's being touted today. And I know... Especially today, yeah. Yes, especially today. And from people who I know, I have good friends who are more conservative than I am, uh, who really, you know, they do share some of the same concerns that I do. One person actually even said, like, they don't like to see what's happening in the world right now. They don't like to see what's ha- what has happened to their, uh, their party. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, there is... A, an ex- feeling of extremism out there right now, when that translates to theater, it's also a reflection of what's going on in our society. Whether you find it troublesome or not, it's true. <laughs> so it'd be interesting to find out how successful they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely going to be uh, keeping an eye out and see if they can crack, you know, 30 audience members. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yes. It's also, I mean, <clears throat> Ohio, Columbus, Ohio is a big city, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that it is just necessarily a big theatrical town to begin with. So, right. I mean, I'm I'm saying 15 like that's nothing, but, you know, it's also a kind of newer theater company. So just getting anybody in the seat is impressive sure because again you're doing art you're performing your story your truth Mm -hmm. and that deserves time and energy Mm -hmm. and space from the audience members also so sure and i'll tell you i mean everyone has a right to their art everyone has a right to their opinion everyone has a right to their art it may not be my opinion um the only thing that concerns me is when that art is used as a weapon and unfortunately sometimes that happens especially right now in the current climate that we're in you know this this show stonewall jackson's house i could see you know would be very troublesome for someone who's a person of color Mm -hmm. i almost find it to be 
disrespectful. Now, I am not a person of color, so I may not have the right to say that, but uh, I just feel like that's really, really a tough area to get into. Exactly. (laughs) You you said the right word before, problematic. Yes. Um, And another problematic thing I saw, again, in the Vice video that um, aired with the uh, Broadway.com article, it, it, uh, there was this actress and she, I think, was trying to make the point about how it is art and it doesn't matter particularly personal beliefs, but it's better to just, you know, let everybody speak and everybody have their turn. Well, she kind of mentioned that, oh, well, I've been in the LGBT LMNOPQRSTUV oh. theater across the street. You know, I've I've been in their shows before. Okay. And I'm like, I, I had to kind of like pause and stop from screaming because it's like, that is part of the problem right there that you don't have the respect for them to right. say the labels properly. Right. And, and, but yet you turn around and if they say anything about like, oh, that conservative, you know, you're Mm -hmm. all up in arms and ready, Mm -hmm. ready to fight and Mm -hmm. you don't expect them to have the same response. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that got me. I was, again, a problematic aspect of when you label a theater right or left. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Keep us posted. I shall. Yes, this is definitely <laughs> on my radar now. So we mentioned BroadwayCon earlier. And Erin, do you want to explain what BroadwayCon is to for the people who don't know? BroadwayCon, a place for all of us. <laughs> um, uh, so it started back in 2016. Uh Anthony Rapp and a couple of his friends were watching the Tonys. So I guess this would be 2015 Tonys. And they just kind of started having this epiphany. Like there's no convention. There's no place where all theater fans can just connect and talk and chat and have fun and be themselves. Well, Luckily, um, the two friends, and I'm going to, I forget their names, Melissa? Oh, I know um, Anelli, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she runs the, um, Mischief Management, who also does a lot of Harry Potter Con and a few other um, different types of gathering. They started working together, and it is coming up. Next January, it's been every January since 2016, just for a weekend, for uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there's a big conference. There's panels on technical aspects, on costuming, on uh, spotlights with specific actors and specific shows, talking about just their experience. And then, of course, there's always fun and games such as, like, The Feud and Trivia Nights and Jukebox, um, Karaoke, all sorts of kind of fun. Um, So it's a mix of educational and enjoyment. They had a little fun on April Fool's and started sending out uh, information about their newest event, 
Firestein Festival, <laughs> a take on Fire Festival, which if you've been on Hulu or Netflix recently, you've seen the documentaries about how that went horribly wrong. So little theater nerd me is sitting here scrolling through Twitter and I see all of these retweets from all of these Broadway stars and I'm like, what is going on? Like, why are they all talking about Fire Festival? Like, what's going on? And um, they took that as an opportunity to release the dates for the next Broadway Con. So you can get your tickets April 19th on BroadwayCon.com. And I am scrolling for the dates. Yeah, it the looks- dates. Oh, I'm sorry. I have them right in front of me. The dates are January 24th to the 26th. January 24th through the 26th. Yeah. So, um, yay. So if that sounds interesting, it's literally just a huge, huge fan meetup. One of the biggest fan meetups for for theater in the heart of New York City. It looks like it's returning to the Hilton again. Which is awesome. Love it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Best, Best decision they could have made. And I have to say, it really is such a great time. Not only is it a great experience uh, as far as seeing some of your favorite Broadway stars, you also meet some really fabulous people. And in mm-hmm. fact, that's how I met Aaron. <laughs> yep. Yes. We We're... met at the very first Broadway con. <laughs> Be- before the blizzard. Right, we were, before the br- blizzard. We were trying to get seats for uh, for the grand opening, and nobody knew what was going on, and they had locked the doors, and so like 3,000 people were just sitting in the lobby, like, where do we go? What's going on? <laughs> and our friend Barbara was like, we're going together. Come on, follow me. And just kind of <laughs> charged and led the way. And we've been inseparable ever since. Yes, we, we have our little group that we hang with when we're there. And, you know, the great thing about Broadway Con is you can make it anything you want. Um, mm-hmm. Most in the past years, I've gravitated more towards the fan things like um you know, well, of course, everyone wants to see a panel with Lin-Manuel Miranda. So, of course, you know, doing stuff like that or or seeing, you know, uh, going to a talk about um, creating your own material with Lonnie Price and the guys from Title of Show. Um, but yeah. last year, I, I took a different tact. Uh, last year, I decided I wanted to learn more about the business side of it. And I learned so, so much about podcasting, about doing special events, about um, doing, you know, there was one gentleman in particular who um, I thought was really gave a fantastic talk about his nonprofit called um, Broadway Retreat. And mm-hmm. it just, it, it, it's just so educational. And of course, I did do some of the fun things too but Mm -hmm. it was just really really cool to to learn all these new things and you know come home armed with all this new information that i could put in practice so definitely i i would definitely suggest it for anyone who's either just a fan or somebody who wants to make their career in the theater the other thing is, have to tell you, the marketplace is so much fun. 
<laughs> if you're bring, bring a lot of money. Yes, they, bring they, money. <laughs> so much, so much beautiful, like handmade art, and then they have just like the standard, you know, Playbill is there, and they're mm-hmm. selling all of their merchandise, and it's. Actually, actually, Playbill doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> <gasps> I forgot they yeah. weren't there. Oops. But, okay, take that back. Take but that we back. have some some favorite vendors, and um, yeah. you can get like s- such cool stuff. And I, I mean, I admit I'm just kind of a nut when it comes to this stuff. So you know, I'm buying pins and dolls and t-shirts. <laughs> I came home with more t-shirts than I knew what to do with. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's just so much fun. Also, the cool thing about the marketplace is you could be walking around just looking at merchandise and all of a sudden somebody starts singing. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really awesome too. (laughs) Yep. Um, I, they had a piano. Yeah. Just, they have a piano sitting out Mm -hmm. and anybody can go up and, you know, we all have sheet music at the ready. Everybody has their audition book. So mm-hmm. you just find find somebody who can play and they take off and it's a sing-along. Yeah, it's so much fun. And, you know, you don't have to stay in the hotel. If you can swing it, I would recommend it because it makes your mm-hmm. life so much easier, especially the first year because we got snowed in. Um, <laughs> yes. That was fun. But... It's great because, you know, you may not want to be going to, you know, five different sessions in a row. You might want to take some time for yourself and go to your room and chill for an hour and then go back. Or or maybe you've been shopping and when you want to drop some things off, it's so great to have a room in the hotel. If not, if that's not something that you care to do or something that you, uh, you know, that might be a little pricey, there's some great places around town that you can stay in. I know lots of people uh, stay in different hotels around the city. Some people get roommates. If you go on to, um, I, I guess it's the Broadway Con unofficial Facebook group, you'll find yeah. people looking for roommates. I just suggest I'm always a little worried about that, maybe because, you know, I'm an old lady, but be careful, folks. Right. <laughs> just be just be careful who you're hooking up with. <laughs> just, yeah, I've, I've heard some good, really, really good stories. And I've heard some really, really bad stories. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. the traditional you're meeting a stranger online. So yeah, t- take take that for what it's worth. Yes, <laughs> it it uh, is an avenue that you can you can go down. Yes. Also, please know you don't have to go for all three days. They have day tickets that you can purchase, mm-hmm. um, and that also makes it a lot easier for some people. Um, I like to go the full three days. That's just me. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. If. Especially same for me. I'm flying in from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm gonna commit to the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a that's a big get for me to get on a plane for two hours. Like mm-hmm. I'm not just gonna stay for a day and turn around. I have right. done that, mm-hmm. but it was definitely Spring Awakening, and that was the necessary expense. Of course, <laughs> of course, yes. I think I think Hades Town may be an, another necessary expense. For me. Oh, don't tell me that. I have an emergency fund that's literally called "Get Me to New York." So well, it's, it's either going to be that or Chicago to see six, which I haven't decided on yet. Um. Oh, yeah, that could work too. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I would say if you can go, go. You'll love it. You'll have a great time. It's just the energy is terrific. Everyone is super supportive of each other. And I love seeing especially like the younger kids, you know, the high school kids um, who really are finding a place of their own, a place where they feel accepted. Um, that's that's what really this is all about. Okay, and that being said, we're going to come back with our Beyond the Board segment. And we're back with our Beyond the Board segment. This is a segment that we go to every week where we talk about sort of Broadway-adjacent events. Um, it could be a book signing. It could be a CD signing. It could be a TV show. Um, but it's basically our picks for interesting stuff that that's Broadway-related. So I'm going to throw it to Aaron to tell us about our first pick. Our first pick is Fosse Verdon off of FX. It, uh, by the time you are listening to this, the first episode will have aired on FX. So catch up. We are going to be attempting a weekly recap situation. So listen out for that. But I am just super excited. You got greats like Sam Rockwell, Michelle William, Norbert Leo Butts, and all sorts of amazing talents in the cast. And then, of course, the crew. You got the Hamilton crew with uh, Lin-Manuel and Thomas Kale that are just behind it with the executive producing and directing. So just expect a lot of wonderful jazz hands. Yes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yes. Um, also, I want to just throw out, I think you mentioned uh, Norbert Leo Butts is in it, but also Laura Osnes is playing Shirley MacLaine, which I'm super excited about. And yes. E- yes. And Ethan Slater is going to be Joel Gray. So I am super excited about this series. Oh, yes, definitely. I, I updated my Hulu. I am ready. <laughs> so I have to tell you a funny story. Speaking of jazz hands, uh, I have to go because I'm an old lady. I have to go for this yearly eye test. It's not your normal eye test. It's for someone who has a special condition like me. And one of the things that my doctor does is he wiggles his fingers at the end of the test, just so you know, he can test out, you know, the range of my vision. And he'll say, Can you see this? And he's been doing this now for years. And this year, I finally said to him, you know, you're doing jazz hands. And he (laughs) said, he said, you know, you are not the first person to tell me that. (laughs) So it's jazz hands all the time, people all the time. And um, yes, and we're going to be talking at length about Fosse Verdon. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. So So I have a few things to share. First of all, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know, I'm a total Anglophile. And I, I mean, to the point where like, I dream about being in England. That's how sad I am. Uh, (laughs) Don't say new information, (laughs) new information, you guys. One of the shows that I was dying, dying to see. And of course, couldn't because I can't just run to London like I can to New York is the West End production of All About Eve. First of all, people, if you haven't seen this movie, see it, please, because it is really the ultimate 
theater story. It stars Betty Davis at her best and Anne Baxter, who, whew, is she nasty in this? You don't expect <laughs> it. You don't expect But it's so, so good. And it's basically, if you don't know the story, I'm, I won't give away too much, but it's about an established Broadway star and how a younger actress uh, kind of tries to usurp her, uh, tries to, you know, steal her spotlight. So it's a really, really great story. And they did a stage production of this in London. And the show starred Gillian Anderson, who many of us here know from X-Files. She's been doing a lot of stuff in England the past few years. And Lily James, who you may know from Downton Abbey. Uh, she was also in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Okay. And they are going to be showing this in movie theaters this week. So uh, hopefully you'll hear this before uh, before it hits the movie theaters. But there's going to be several different dates. If you go on the National Theater Live website, which is ntlive.nationaltheater.org.uk, you can plug in your location and it'll give you the dates when it's playing. I know in the D.C. area, it's going to be playing three different dates. The first one is on the 11th, and I'm hoping to to attend. I cannot wait to see this. So if you get a chance, check it out. I hear really good things about it. The second thing that I wanted to share is the Jimmy Awards are coming up. If you're not familiar with the Jimmy Awards, basically picture the Tonys, but for high school productions. And they pull from people from all over the country. In fact, Andrew Barth Feldman, who is currently starring in Dear Evan Hansen, was a performer and I believe even a winner at uh, the Jimmy Awards. And I do think, also, yeah, I think he did win. Yeah. Yes. And also Eva uh, Noble Zeta was discovered at the Jimmy Awards. She performed and was seen by, I believe it was Tara Rubin. And next thing you know, she's doing Miss Saigon in London. So you never know who can come out of the Jimmy Awards. Well, mm-hmm. this year, uh, it's going to be set for June 24th. And this year, Ben Platt is going to be returning as the host. So this is, this is really cool. It's been, these awards have been going on for 11 years. And I love that it gives the high school uh, performers a chance to shine. So very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing I wanted to share with you guys is about two of my favorite performers, Sherry Renee Scott and Norbert Leo Butts, who we mentioned before, who's going to be in Fosse Verdon. Uh, they're going to be performing together at Feinstein's 54 Below. And... I would, I mean, I don't know that I'll make it, but I would love to see them <laughs> together. I mean, they've, they've done other work together. They, I mean, they're fabulous, both of them. Uh, I love them oh. separately, love them together. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's such a beautiful venue. Yeah. I love it. Oh, oh it's so that'd fun. be perfect. Yeah. Yes. They're going to be performing from April 26th to May 2nd. So if you want tickets for that one, be sure to check out 54below.com. So that's all we have for you this week. I want to thank you for joining us again. If you have any suggestions or if you'd like to appear on It's a Theater Thing, send us an email at theaterthing at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at It's a Theater Thing. And you can also find us on Twitter at Theater Thing.
So thanks so much, Erin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. And thank you, Onstage Blog Network, for always hosting us. And we will talk to you guys next time. 